Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Well, uh, like Pastor said, um, I am from the West Coast. Um, I don't know if my voice gives away that much. <laughs> but let me start by introducing a little bit about my, uh, who I am. Um, so I'll go all the way back to when I was born. So when I was born, um, I was born at home, and I had a midwife and all that. So I was literally, my wife was always saying sometimes, like, where were you born, in a barn? I was like, no, I was born out in the woods. And literally, uh, that's where it was, out in the woods in a small little cabin, and go figure. So growing up, um, all of us, one thing we want to do, I think, is get our license to drive, right? So I went to go get my license to drive. I thought I was all excited. I practiced. I went through the driver's training and all this, and I was ready to get my license. So I went to the DNV, and um, one thing they told me, you have to have a birth certificate. So I'm like, Ugh. so I went back home, and I told my mom, I said, Mom, I need to get my birth certificate. And she's like, you don't have one. I'm like, what do you mean I don't have a birth certificate? She's like, you don't have a birth certificate. You were never registered when you were born. And the midwife, eh, she's no longer with us, so nothing we can do about that now. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Long story short, we uh, finally figured out what we could do to get where I could have a license. And so one thing they did for me to have a license is right on the center where it says, like, your date of birth, it literally said, Identification Unknown. So that's the title of this message, Identification Unknown. Um, real quick, uh, I have this balloon here. I want to show you guys something. Balloon, all right. And I have a, a pad here. This is a pad of ink. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take my identification fingerprints this is really all that I have, you know. I don't have a birth certificate. So I got my uh, fingerprints here. I'm going to place it on this balloon. I said I don't really have an identification. I really do now. I actually have a certificate of delayed birth. <laughs> How do you have a certificate of delayed birth? I got that when I was 19. <laughs> Guess what? I made up the information, so whatever I, I told them, that's what I put on the paper. <laughs> um, but we're just going to hold on to that right here, let it dry. What this balloon represents, okay, I got my finger, I got ink all over myself, but not only that, I got ink on the balloon from my fingerprint. So what this represents is this represents your identity right now. This is who you think that you are. This is who people have told that you are. This is even what maybe people haven't told you are, but maybe what you feel inside. 
This is the mistakes I've made. This is the past that I've had, the hurt that I've gone through. It all boils down to who I am right now. This represents that. So we're going to put that right there. Let it dry a little bit. So today I want to challenge everybody as you can kind of see it going on is where our identity lies. Identification unknown. Maybe some of us are sitting here this morning and we're not even sure where we fit in or what we're going to do. Some graduates are have a good idea. Guess what? I had a good idea when I graduated. None of that happened. So, but be assured. You can make a difference and you can go with those plans and it can be awesome. So, um, but today I want to challenge us to be free from this identity, okay? To be free. So how are we going to be free from that identity? Well, before I go in too, further, too far into that, I want to tell you a little story about a friend I have that lives in South Central Los Angeles. So Pastor alluded a little bit about uh, us living in uh, near Compton. We actually lived in Southgate, which is about two cities, maybe about, I don't know, three miles away from Compton. And anyways, uh, I met this guy named Roger, awesome friend of mine. If I went to him today, and it's been about, I don't know, probably about eight years since I've seen him. But if I went to him today, he'd be like, oh, hey, man, what's up, Roger? How's it going? It's so good to see you. It's that type of relationship. We had a good relationship. Well, see, Roger, one day he came up to me. He's like, Mark. And this is about time where he's getting close to graduating. And he's like, I can't do anything. I can't be anybody. I'm like, well, why? Explain it to me. You can be anybody you want to be. He's like, I don't have a father. He's been in jail all my life. You know, my uncles, they were all in gangs. He kept going on and telling me about his the history of his family and the family atmosphere and how, um, in a sense, bad or negative the um, environment was that he grew up in. And talk about his environment that he grew up in, okay? I'll give you a little bit of life out in the West. So out here, if I'm hearing a gunshot, I'm like, ah, it's just somebody, you know, um, out at target practice. Out there, if you hear a gunshot, you better get down below the windows because there's some shooting going on and some illegal activity. And it was funny because Stephanie and I were moving out here and we were looking for a house. And uh, we were looking in the Aragon area and somebody told me, don't go in that area. It's, 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 It's dangerous. I'm like, dangerous? Like, yeah, it's not a good neighborhood. I'm like, I'm in the south. I'm in Georgia. I'm like, how dangerous could it be? And I told him, I said, there's no bars on the windows. <laughs> Just to let you know, every house has bars on the windows. You go to Jack in the Box. We don't have Jack in the Box out here, right? You go to a fast food restaurant. There's this thick of glass, like, in between you and the teller. And that was before COVID. <laughs> uh, but kind of give you the atmosphere that he lived in, you know. It was an area where the environment he was creating that as his identity. He was creating that as his um, definition of who he was. 
So I, like I said, I asked him, I said, well, this is all who I am. I, I live in a poor area. Um, there's lots of gang activity. This is my history. There's no way. And I said, you know what, Roger? I said, no. You cannot allow any of that to define who you are. I said, you need to go to Christ. You need to allow him to show you your true identity. So like I said, if I went to visit Roger today, it would be like a family reunion. We would just have a good time, and he would be able to show me his, his daughter, and he would be able to show me his wife, and he would be able to show me and tell me stories about what he did after high school, how he went into um, the Army, and he made somebody of himself because he was able to realize it's not about my surroundings. It's not about how I identify right now, but it's about how God um, can change me and identify him as I continue um, getting older and understanding who Christ is and my, as his identity. So the biggest thing that I realized that Roger did was he no longer was seeing himself for who he thought he was, but he was seeing himself for who his maker made him. Wow, can we be able to do that? So identification unknown, that was me. I had no identity. But what I needed to do is I needed to take that thought and be able to be free from even that thought of having no identity. That way I could change and be able to be more like Christ. So there's three points that I want to kind of uh, go through. And the first one I want to start with is understanding that you're valuable. So I think everybody got a penny on the way in. Should have. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But. You can go ahead and get that penny out if you want, and you can take a look at it. You know, some are old, some are new. Some of mine have just came from the bank. Others, I don't know where I got them or where they came from. And who knows who has had them in their possession prior. They might have gone through a lot. I think I've seen one that was like 1979 or something like that. So, like like I said, I've seen another one that's... I think the, old, the newest one was 2012 or something, I don't know. But still, you have a large variety of different pennies. And there's something interesting about every penny, and it's one thing. It is the image that is impressed on the coin. And that image is what shows and gives it its value. I believe it's uh, Abe Lincoln, right? So that image is what gives it its value, and we... Guess what? Are pressed with the image of God. It says in Genesis 1:27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Isn't that so amazing to know that he valued us when he made us so much that he impressed his image on us? We are made in his image and his likeness. Not only that, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, well, just yesterday, my uh, sister and I and um, my wife and my sister's uh, family and, um, and the boys, we went to Nakaluka Falls. Yeah, we went to Alabama, <laughs> like my second time there. So but anyways, uh, we went over to Nakaluka Falls and we went on this hike. This hike took us behind the Nakaluka Falls. Like we didn't just see the falls, we were in the falls. It was pretty awesome. 
And so one thing that we did, I, I told my sister, I said, hey, come here. I said, I want to get a selfie with you. So I turned on my camera, and I turned it around, and I said, hey, let's get a picture. It's going to be so beautiful. Us behind the falls. And sure enough, we were able to get that selfie. We were able to get that picture. And I thought it was so cool because I love waterfalls. Like if I'm going on a hike, there better be a waterfall. If I'm putting my energy into this, there better be something. And so we got to that waterfall, and it was just amazing. Just the sheer size of it. I think it's like seven stories or nine stories maybe it was. But it made me think, what if God decided to take a selfie? And he's sitting up in heaven. He's like, hmm, I'm going to take a selfie today. And look how good I am. No. What he does, he does this. Flip it around. I'm going to take a selfie. I'm going to take a selfie. Oh, wait, let's come over here. I'm going to take a selfie. Why? Because what he's doing is he's saying, this is my image. If I'm going to take something that is so beautiful that I created as my own, I'm going to take that selfie and I'm going to show everybody these are my people. These are what I find value in because this is my creation. Speaking of beauty, it was kind of funny because uh, I live in Cedartown and we're in Bremen. But what's so awesome is the traveling that we take when we go from church back home, especially in the evening. See, if you ever travel from Bremen over to Cedartown, there's a hill that you end up climbing up. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so boring. But in reality, I get to look over and I see the valley. And I get um, a few weeks ago, the sun was just setting and I got to see this awesome view of the sunset. And I was like, wow, it's so awesome. I mean, sorry to say it's nothing like the sun sets out west with the, uh, on the beach. But it was just beautiful. There was the pink and the reds and the oranges just lighting up the sky. And I got to see all of this um, as I'm driving in, back into Cedartown. And I was looking at it, and I actually started to get tears in my eyes. I started to cry because it was like the Lord was speaking to me right then, and he started saying, you see how beautiful that is? Guess what? I made you in my image. And I was like, wait a second. This is amazing. He's like, but I made you in my image. And it started just to well up inside me. I was like, wow, God, you made me, but I'm looking at this that you put for me. He's like, yeah, but I made you. See, some of us might not realize or think about the value that we have, and we might feel like, you know what, there's not much value. Guess what? I've been there before. But you are the ultimate worth. You are the ultimate value. And he showed that on the cross when he died. He said, because you have so much value, I'm going to send my son, and he's going to die on that cross because I value each and every one of my creation so much. He paid the ultimate price for us because we were that valuable. So not only in order to get free from your identity that you feel right now, do you have to understand that you're valued? But you have to know that you're accepted. So got this balloon here. 
Like I said, this balloon represents who you are right now. This balloon represents, like I said, and I don't need to go over and over again, but this represents the frustrations, the times where you don't feel value, you don't feel um, accepted, you don't feel like you could fit in, you feel like, what am I even doing here? Guess what? I felt that way before. Yeah, I went to ministry school. Yeah, I went through a ministry college and I got my degree and everything. But guess what? There was a time when I was sitting in a chair in a class talking about ministry when I was sitting in a chair wondering, what am I doing here? This chair could be for somebody else. That's part of this balloon. That's part of my identity. There's times where I was going through school and I would get made fun of because of my speech, because I couldn't say my R sound. And I finally figured out how to say it after 11 years of speech therapy, well, more than that, I guess. Until my junior year of speech therapy, I finally learned how to say my R sound. Then my name no longer was Mock. But that's part of my identity. I, it's still something that I've struggled with. I can go on and on and tell you about different things that have become a part of who I am. All of this message is not about me. I mean, this thing has been speaking to me constantly. and It's like the Lord has been showing me more and more things. But despite of what this looks like in your life right now, Going back to the penny, no matter what it looks like, no matter how grungy it is, it's still valuable. Well, just like whatever you look like and what you feel that you are valued at or what you look like, whatever you feel your identity is lying in right now, guess what? I'm going to put this mic down real quick. No matter what you feel your identity is, God wants to expand you. He wants to breathe life into you. He wants to create and show who you really are. And guess what? Look at this balloon. Yes, I had my fingerprints on it. Yes, I had what I feel is my identity. Yes, I had somebody that was broken. Yes, I had somebody that felt no value. Yes, I had somebody that felt depressed. Yes, I had all of those things on this balloon from my identity. But God just said, you know what? But I'm going to make a, a but moment in your life, and I'm going to expand your thoughts. I'm going to expand what you're going to think. I'm going to breathe life into you rather than death. And guess what? If I'm looking at this balloon, I don't even see my identity anymore. I see something that might be a little bit fuzzy. It might seem like there's a, a, some type of image there. But what this really represents is this represents what God has for you today. Because it's a change in your identity, and it's a change that God wants to fill you with in order for you to really um, understand him more. You know, I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about um, when I was in um, high school, I, would, um, I took like every art class there was, and I started thinking about the pottery wheel, and I started thinking about, you know what, God is my potter. I really don't think it gets to a point where the vessel is complete, I think that he's always molding, he's always transforming, he's always sitting there. You know what? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press a little bit harder here. I'm going to form this a little bit, um, um, a little bit more into this um, identity or into this image that they can really see. But it reminded me of a story back in Exodus. I'm going to kind of go over that a little bit. You know, it's part of the story of Moses, and a lot of times we just think prince, deliverer, and walking through the wilderness. But let's back up a little bit. I told you a little bit about my birth. So here's his. Exodus 1, 8 through 10. It says, Now a new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. Now, if we think about it, everybody knew Joseph because he delivered the people from the famine, so everybody came um, from the, for the famine, but this new king didn't know nothing about him. He said to his people, the Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. Come on, let's be smart and deal with them. Otherwise, they will only grow in number, and if, it, if a war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and then escape from the land. So we'll go forward into 15. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. I kind of know what that is, midwife, okay. The Hebrew king spoke to the midwives named Sapphira and Paul. When you are helping the Hebrew women give birth and you see the baby being born, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, you can let them live. On verse 22, it says, Then Pharaoh gave an order, an, to, an order to all of his people, throw every baby boy born to the Hebrew into the Nile River, but you can let the girls live. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the whole identity, and I was thinking, here is Moses. He is being born into this, and he's not going to have any identity because he is just going to be thrown away. So in the next chapter, Exodus 2, it says, Now a man from Levi's house married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, Moses. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful. So she hid him for three months. I'm trying to think about this. How is a mother going to hide her three-month crying baby for very long? We have a two-year-old, and it wasn't much that long ago that I remember him being three months, and I was thinking, as much as he cries, I'm not going to be able to hide him, and she couldn't either. It says that, um, get my spot back. It says that she put the child um, saw the baby healthy and beautiful, and she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. She put the child in a basket and set the basket among the reeds in the river. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her Woman servant walked around along beside the river. She saw that the basket among the reeds, and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying. 
and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew children. So it's funny because it says it's a boy, and I'm thinking, well, if it's a boy, if I was like Pharaoh's daughter, I'd be like, we got to get rid of this thing. But see, the mom did something first. The mom saw value in him, saw something that was beautiful, saw something that was more than a law, saw something that was more than just what they were told couldn't survive. And so she created a way that, fingers crossed, he would be okay. And then you have Pharaoh's daughter, daughter looking at a crying baby boy and saying, this is one of the Hebrew children, and took him in. So we saw value. Now we see acceptance. And it's going along with that story. So it's like, what did he have? He had no identity. There was going to be nothing made of Moses. And we can see this time and time again throughout Scripture how there's somebody that has um, some basically not going to be much, but God had other plans. Just like in Roger, there was a but God moment. In my life, there was a but God moment changing where I could have difficulty speaking to where I can speak. Um, There was David, just a shepherd boy, but God changed him to a king. There's other people, you know, throughout scripture over and over again we can see, and God said, you know what, but God. And he sees you right now, and you see that unblown up balloon with your identity on it. He says, I'm going to make a change, and there's going to be a but God in your, in your life, a moment where you can say, okay, I'm going to allow him to show me his, what he wants for me. It's hard because sometimes there's things that get in our life that stop us from getting any further and acknowledging what he really has. I think a lot of that is fear. But before we go any further, I have a clip that completely changed my mindset. It's completely changed my life. And this short film, I want you guys to see. I took a clip actually from the film. And that way we could, you guys could see what I'm talking about. show you who you really are. But I am a battle sword. You can be so much more. And you know it. Dinosaur, baby reindeer, or something you'd never even think of. It's about being there for your kid. It's it's about surrender.
hide with the polar bears and the salamanders until they find us. Check the supplies. We have hamburgers, pescetti, pancakes, chocolate milk, gummy worms. Oh, what planet is he from? Neptune. Or maybe Florida. Typical crash landing. Hostile lizard people. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. And I was a mindless lumbering automaton. Well, that part adds up. What about you, Trixie? Have you finally found a role that suits you? Goblin fairy, ghost cloud, dancing queen, a baby reindeer, you name it. And Bonnie's dinosaur. And Bonnie's dinosaur gets to be everything. Be grateful for your gifts. They are all around you. Aww. So lastly, in order to be free from your identity, in order to be released from your identity that you are going through right now, the last thing is to completely surrender. I was like going crazy because this, I didn't tell Brini the songs, Pastor didn't know my message. But God knew what he was building. And he knew that it was building up to a point where there's gonna be somebody here this morning that is struggling with value, that hasn't really felt accepted. And maybe it's that they need to open up, maybe it's that they have to do something and I believe that the one thing that we all need to do is completely surrender so what are we holding on to we saw the dinosaur say that he needed to surrender there was a couple things that he did he had what was in his hand probably the thing that he held closely because it made him strong, it made him brave, it made him who he was, it's somebody who could, he could fight off others with. But what did he do first? He let go 
See, it's not just about letting go, though. It's not just about saying, here, I have all this stuff that I need to change in my life. But I need to let go completely of what I'm holding on to. And the second thing he did was he did this. He fell back. Now, obviously, it was into a boy's hands that could play with him. But what I'm getting at is when are we going to say, Lord, no longer, and I'm going to hold on to this stuff, but I'm also going to fall back into the hands of the maker, the one whose image I am part of, the one who values me, the one who accepts me, the one who says, it doesn't matter, Mark, what others tell you that you are. It doesn't matter the frustrations at your job that you're facing, because guess what, guys? I quit that on Friday. That was my last job or last time I'm working at the job that was enabling me to get frustrated. And that frustration was pouring onto my family because a lot of times when I was at work, I felt like um, I was defeated. But I didn't need that defeat in my life. I needed to let it go. So like I said, I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you feel a little defeated. Maybe you feel right now in this place, where is my value? Where is my God? Where is my one that I can trust in? Where is the one that I can hold on to? He's saying, guess what? Despite what you are doing right now or where you're at, I am gonna wrap my arms around you. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna share with you my presence because I accept you fully. Just surrender to me. Just surrender to me. I think sometimes there might be one thing that holds us back. And I mentioned it earlier, and that's fear. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Joshua 1 and 9. This is one that I try to live by. I encourage you to also. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I was thinking about this, and I really started looking at the word courageous. See, the word courageous, a synonym for it literally means to be brave even in the midst of metamorphosis to take on even in the midst of change or in the challenges that you can go forward. It's a command to be strong in the middle of change, in the middle of, in the middle of surrendering. You can be strong because the Lord is with you. If we can, we're going to go, go ahead and I'll stand and We're gonna conclude the service. And I just get this image. I mean, I've never been a cop, I've never been arrested. But I get this image, if somebody pulls me over and I gotta get arrested, the first thing I think of is I gotta, they say, put your hands up. And I have to surrender to them. I gotta completely surrender to them. Wherever, whatever they want me to do, I have to surrender completely to them.
So I'm going to pray. Bree's going to sing. And, you know, if you feel led, that's what this time is for, to come up to the altars, to surrender to him, to let go of your guard, to completely let him just have you in his hands. So I'm going to pray. And if you feel led, come up to the altar. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the times in my life that I felt like nothing, for the times in my life that I didn't feel accepted. But I once again have felt that call of you saying, I am here, I accept you. You are loved, you are beyond loved, you are more than precious to me. And Lord, I know what I've gone through and I don't know everybody here but that's not my job. It, that's what you do. You know each individual, Lord God. You formed them before they were even thought of, Lord God. You started creating them and thinking about them. You took precious time in, into each one of our lives, Lord God. And I just ask, Lord, that you reveal yourself once again. So if there's anybody here, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just move in this place, Lord God, that we can completely just render to you and I thank you for what you're going to do in your name we pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's covenant living broadcast to find out more information about our ministry just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org you can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.